0: Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your
1: concentration?
2: Somewhere between science and superstition. We have such sights to show you.
3: Strange. Welcome to Strange Eon's radio episode 150. That's Eric over there. Holy shit, 150. Hello. Wow. That's Vanessa over there. Hello. That makes me Kelly. Uh, yeah, 150 episodes, you guys. This is, we'll get this figured out yet. Yeah.
2: <laughs> One day we'll have, a, we'll have a, everything ironed out.
3: Uh, Give you guys a little peek behind the curtains. I had uh, something cool planned. I have a bottle of champagne in the refrigerator. I was going to pop it live on air, I was going to put some ice cubes in a bucket. so that we could drink it while we were celebrating and everything. But I spent uh, last night with Carlos Zamora. And um, the idea of drinking anything right now is literally turning my stomach.
2: Maybe we'll do it for like New Year's or something. That's uh, that's a little scary. He
3: and I had a lot to drink. Oh my
2: God. Oh my God, I can't even fathom. I'm not going to ask how many glasses, how many bottles did you go through?
3: Well, let's just... Let's a, not live in 10? the past. Play, play <laughs> the
0: it
3: was it was a fight night. He invited me down for the UFC oh. fight, and oh. uh, he uh, introduced me to pork tamales, which I had never had Ooh, before. Oh, sure, nice. yeah. and uh, and then we drank and drank and drank. We even recorded a real quick episode that I am sure will never see the light of day.
2: Oh, I hope or it does.
3: You hope it never sees the light. Of... <laughs> well, I did drop a bunch of M bombs, and as he made sure to let me know. Uh, that uh, he does not edit anything.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, my Yeah, I've God. heard
3: that. We, um, we talked about uh, the live show at Emerald City Comic-Con, which he was nice mm-hmm. enough to show up at and even took some pictures of us.
2: We finally have pictures of the three of us together yeah. in a space. <laughs>
3: and, uh, and he said something, Eric, I'm still not sure how to take this. He goes, uh, he goes after seeing your guys' live show, I realize how much work Eric puts into that. <laughs> And and I was oh. like, hmm. and he goes, oh no no, I mean that as a compliment. And I'm like, hmm, for who?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's not. That's Carlos, that's that's not a nice thing to say, bro. <laughs> oh, I know why you guys edit. <laughs> I don't personally, but
0: I know why strange eons gets edited.
3: <laughs> um, speaking of Emerald City, uh, we released our live show a couple a couple episodes ago but uh yeah. this is the first time we're actually recording since that yes. live show and that was fun
2: it was so yeah. fun it was i mean it was so nice to be able to see our audience and interact all, with our audience all 10 of them i mean there was at least 15 i think there was 10
3: <laughs> no i had a uh,
0: I had a certain number of coins, like 12 or 15 coins, and I gave out every single one of them. Oh, fantastic. That's oh, so exciting. We were more than 10. Well, <laughs> it was so weird
3: because it was a smaller audience than our cryptocon audience, yes. which was really strange to me. But then, I mean, you walked the floor at Emerald City. Right. It, yeah. it was deserted there
2: was not a lot of people and i think going to we were one of the later panels in the day and the the last panel in the day yeah Mm -hmm. they're like shoved in the corner of a building so it was like just finding where our panel was it took me a hot minute i was like what floor where is this is it's very harry potter it's like between two (laughs) between two spaces and you're like all right
0: and there are other panels that were before us and stuff that were equally... Oh, I know. Low. Yeah, it was... Yeah. One thing I liked was it was a bunch of people that didn't know who we are. Yes, that was Which cool. I thought was really cool. Except and none for of what, the
3: cute redhead girl in the front row who had listened to us that day and decided to come yeah. see. So thank so you very sweet. much, cute yeah. redhead girl. That yes. made my day. <laughs> yes, I,
2: With the mask on, I was like, do I know you? She looks a lot like my uh, friend that I used to work with, Haley. And I was like, is that Haley? <laughs> and I was like really sure it was and then i was like oh it must not be because she would have said hey vanessa instead of we start i started listening to you today and i was like oh all right that
3: Whatever. was neat and then of course we uh retired to the bar across the street yes. where our first round was bought by danny williford thank,
1: thank you, danny. you thanks danny
3: uh he was texting and trying to be coy about it he's like so where do you guys go after this what bar and all this and i was like oh, please tell me you're in town and you're going to just oh, waltz man. in and say <laughs> hi to everybody. Oh, um, but great. he did the next best thing and, and PayPal'd us some money and oh. we uh bought around for everybody and Carlos joined us for that and yeah. Austin. And it was, mm-hmm. uh that was really the most fun was being able to sit with you guys and have a drink.
2: Yeah. And yeah. Well, yep. I mean, so rarely do we get to just like hang out and relax and uh well, I guess the show is also that, but more alcohol and different ambiance. Yeah,
3: well, yeah.
2: we can stay. <laughs> Maybe soft. more
3: alcohol. I mean, I don't know how many drinks we had there, but I didn't <laughs> even get a light buzz on. Everything oh. was watered down so much. Was, I was
2: pretty good. I was pretty good by the time was, I walked.
3: Yeah. It was a hotel, fancy hotel pour of,
2: yeah. of those <laughs> drinks.
3: We had a very flamboyantly gay uh, bartender there when oh, Eric and I great. had dinner there earlier. Mm. And I was, I think he was hitting on me. I hope he was hitting on me because um, <laughs> I get out my, my little vaccine thing. Because in Seattle, you have to show your vaccine card to get into a bar and all that. And I get that out and he starts just asking us for drinks. And I said, do you, do you need to see my card? And he goes, I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think I'm getting hit on. Yeah, I think
0: he had the opposite opinion of me when he, I ordered some tater tots with the salad and he brings out the container oh of ketchup. God. That was weird. <laughs> and every, it was obviously. Like it was like a, a little huge, basket of
3: the yeah. tear open um, ketchup packets. Yeah. Uh-huh. All torn open. All of them torn open and empty. <laughs>
1: well,
3: I'm not a big fan of ketchup, so it's not that big a deal. It, but this is weird. It was <laughs> oh weird. That, that was a weird flex. He was obviously trying to get rid of you. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to
2: <laughs> see where this guy goes away. Right. Make room for me at the table.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was just like, you don't see somebody that flamboyantly gay outside of a movie. I That's mean, it was, it was ridiculous. I, uh, I had a bit I of a crush it. myself. Aww. <laughs> But yeah, that was our Emerald City show. It was a blast. Thanks for everybody who came out. I wonder yeah. if we have new listeners. Hope so. That. Yeah, if
0: you're listening, feel free to say hi on any one of the social media sites out there that we're on or yeah.
2: anything we're like on, that. We're on all of them for right. the most part. I don't know for we What are the kids on? We don't have a TikTok. No,
0: I don't. Well, actually, technically, I think we do. Oh, we have a TikTok. I think I, I, think I claimed <laughs> the,
3: the name, but I've never done anything with it.
2: Oh. Right. Okay. So. Mm. okay.
3: Um, besides all of that, uh, Micah sent in some money and a request, and I watched oh. Dark Angel. Now he was saying he was <laughs> the—I oh think he called it the criminally underrated gem. That's pushing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I—I um, I was a little surprised when it started because I saw this movie a long time ago when it was titled *I Come in Peace*, and yeah, that's oh. when I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> This is not a good movie, Micah. However, (laughs) I had a good time with it. Um, If you're not familiar with the premise, Dolph Lundgren plays a cop in Los Angeles when these two aliens show up, and they are both big, huge, muscle-bound. One of them's a bad guy, one of them's a good guy. The bad guy is here to harvest our uh, endorphins, which is a highly illegal drug from where they're at. And the good guy is trying to take him into custody, but the good guy is killed pretty quickly, which leaves it all up to Dolph (laughs) and his his annoying uh, sidekick to try and take down. There is a lot of fun. There's a flying CD this guy shoots out of his wrist that slices everybody's throats and then comes back to him and all that. And I kind of like that. The CD is tuned to our brainwaves or something, so it just attacks humans when it's let loose. Oh, my gosh. um, It was directed by Craig Baxley, who did the actually criminally underrated Action Jackson, which is oh, a good movie, yes. mm-hmm. and the Brian Bosworth Stone Cold. Oh God. Not, it, not a real huge hit here in the Seattle area. No. <laughs> and it was written by a man named Leonard Moss Jr. And I was like, I got to know what else this guy has done. Well, for some reason, he changed his name to David Kep afterwards and then wrote... Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, Stir of Echoes, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, Death Becomes Her, Panic Room, Spider-Man, War of the Worlds, and about 20 other gigantic movies. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah, that was the most interesting thing about this. <laughs> I was like, whoa. whoa, why did this guy feel he had to change his name after this movie? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I did like it. The, there is a couple of really stupid things at the end where Dolph has to fight this this gigantic alien which is just a human looking dude with white eyes the best part though is the only english he knows is i come in peace oh no so he just (laughs) says that before he kills everybody and i was like this is kind of clever it's it's fun
2: that's fun
0: i had a good time with it thanks micah well that's good i remember watching it and never
3: needing to see it again yeah i think it's i think it's actually legally underrated Okay, <laughs> <laughs> probably right where it belongs.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, very cool. Well, um, I I feel like I'm always playing catch up with you guys, uh, as far as as far as the things I watch. But I did finally get to see Advent calendar.
3: Oh, nice. We haven't talked about it. No, we haven't. Ever.
2: Oh man, that's a. F- fun film yeah. oh I don't know if fun is the word I okay well use. it was a fun <laughs> Christmassy horror film maybe my good. new favorite
3: Christmas horror film I was really surprised at how good that was yeah
2: really, it was really good. much better than I was expecting not I mean Shudder is kind of great at doing that like yeah. giving us stuff that I was like, oh, I didn't know I needed to see this, but now I know that I have. And it's yeah, it's definitely going on my Christmas rotation.
3: Yeah. Did you talk about it last time or, I don't
2: remember or did you mentioning just send me it, a
0: text or I, something? I think I just mentioned you need to see this one. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't think we've talked about it on the show because
3: the Emerald City and all that right. got in mm. the way. Well, we probably were at Emerald City and you were talking about mm-hmm. it to us. Oh, or that something. sounds right. Yeah. yeah. What, whatever it was, it was, what a great recommendation. I was like, this movie was not at all what I was expecting. Yeah. Plus, I want that fucking Advent box. That was cool looking.
0: Oh, it's <laughs> a great design. Oh,
2: And <laughs> the, the character attached to said box is so fucking hilarious. I'm like, where are you going now, bud? <laughs>
3: <laughs> also, I was like, what is that? Yeah. I mean, the, there is a niche.
2: creature. <laughs> it's I.
3: Yes. <laughs> but I mean, that was a wild decision for the design of the creature there's a yeah. lot of
2: wild decisions in this yeah. i mean just a lot of big interesting risky moves that i think mostly really pay off yeah and all held oh, yeah. together by that lead Fun.
0: she was fucking great she was so good Yeah, that's really good i mean like the the intro of her being in a wheelchair and just instantly setting up a whole bunch of her
2: life yeah in yeah. that one scene with the guy at the pools i thought this this is gonna be a well-written film yeah yeah but, uh, I think the only part that I really cringed during was the um, doll, the the female doll that she has.
3: Oh, yes. That was okay. That yeah, was a was, lot yeah. for me. It was the dog for me. So.
0: Yeah, oh, that the was. Dog is that rough. was yes. It's like oh, she's not. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: I thought she yeah. was well. And the rules. I think the rules were a little confusing at first because it was like if you eat one of the candies in the advent calendar, you must eat them all. But then other people are eating them. And I was like, I guess it just has to be that somebody eats these.
3: Yeah. I felt like she, she understood that, oh, this one is not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. she just had to follow all the rules.
2: Yep. And no one else need to worry about it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But so. yeah. And I, I actually really enjoyed um the way they wrap things up. I thought that, that was a really strong choice. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hard, to, hard to make something like that pay off.
3: So. Yeah, that's on Shutter, which is still like six dollars a month.
0: Yeah, guys. it's really
2: yeah. not that much. Yeah. You're a horror like fan, you're
3: you need shutter. Yeah. Make make
0: yeah. Um let's see, which one shall I talk about first? Uh, I will talk about a weird one. Um, four by four. Not familiar with this. One? one. I think it's on Amazon Prime.
2: I think I saw that in Home Depot.
0: Probably not. (laughs) It's a, it's a, one of those kind of buried stories where a car thief busts into somebody's uh, SUV and gets trapped inside it by the owner.
3: I, I saw the trailer for this now. Okay. Okay.
0: And I remember watching the movie Mm -hmm. and thoughts going through my head of, why don't you do this, this or this? And they sort of answered them and they sort of didn't. So it's, it's good but it you know and in the whole big way it also sort of doesn't work at all like i thought buried worked fantastic right. mm. and this has too many weird little variables you know a car on a busy street and never really gets ticketed or towed, and it sounds like it's there for a very long time and little things but uh I'm so glad I watched it. It was interesting. I think it's from Brazil or Spain. Yeah, I was going to ask where this was coming from.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm. But, uh, it's fine. It just has it has a lot of that kind of where you're sort of, when you yell at the horror movie, don't separate people. There's moments in there where you're going, well, why aren't you? You're, you're using the crowbar against the steel of the side of the truck. I know you found out the windows are bulletproof, but... You can break bulletproof sure. if mm-hmm. you can bust through the Ask steel Elon of this car. Yes. <laughs> you got no time. You got nothing but time. So you just bang on the, the, the little things like that. But uh, overall it was good. And the lead's performance is kind of why it worked.
3: So so the mm-hmm. premise is this guy tries to break into this car, he gets into this truck, and mm-hmm. then he is trapped inside the truck. Yes. Because the truck is designed to trap somebody yes. who breaks in. Okay. Yeah.
2: What a weird thing to decide to do with your time. I'm going to make a car that someone could break into and then I can trap them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. And he talks <laughs> to him. He's you know, got the, intercom, the call system. So he calls and talks to the guy and explains why he's there and why wow. he's doing it. But, huh. uh, so it's, it's worth watching, but it, it will have those moments where you're watching going, well, wouldn't this solve your problem? Mm. <laughs> but uh, overall... Check it out. If you like Buried, it's probably going to be something you'll like.
3: Uh, I have been watching something that you guys are going to fucking go crazy for. (laughs) we have got a listener named Michael DeBronzo, um, and he had suggested um, something called A Thousand Fangs, which Mm. is on HBO. It is a series, um, Spanish- Language, So I don't know where it's actually coming out of though. It feels like, you know, Colombia or something like that. Mm-hmm. It is military horror. It is this group of um, special force, a special forces unit that gets dropped in behind, you know, some enemy lines or something in this mm-hmm. jungle. And they are there to basically take out this drug lord that they want dead. And then everything goes to shit. And, and I'm still I'm like four episodes in there's something supernatural going on here cuz they have stumbled upon this um these uh weird stone pillars that is kind of making everybody go crazy i can't tell if it's just cannibalism but mm. there is some kind of weird slimy monster things too and then maybe like super fast smart monkeys or something that shoot <laughs> oh, arrows and wow. it's i'm just like you know, I want you guys out of the house so I can finish this fucking series tonight. <laughs> it is that good. i would like, wow, this is the coolest thing I've seen in forever. So nice. A Thousand wow. Fangs on HBO, check it out. And thank you, Michael, for the recommend.
2: Cool. That sounds incredible. Um, so, gosh, yeah. Uh, well, I've been watching something that I think both of you have also been watching, which mm. is um, continuing to see Hawkeye. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, boy. I'm, I really want to like this show.
2: That's exactly how I feel. Like I, I think I'm trying to pin down what it is that isn't working because I love the dialogue. I love the characters exchange. I love um the action's pretty decent. I think it might be the music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work it out because, like, okay. there's just something that always feels a little flat and a little off. And I was like, I don't think it's the editing. What is this? And I think it's the music choices are not working for me. And it's never getting me in the right headspace for what's happening in the scene. Because I'm always like, I like in theory what's going on, but sometimes I'm bored or sometimes I just feel like unengaged. And I wonder if it's that. I don't know. I have a hard have time a theory.
3: with it. I think, Eric, you like this show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm digging it. I mean it's not great not the greatest of the marvel series but i like it i have a theory and that is because i like every season of daredevil oh, yeah better yeah. than any of the stuff i've yes. seen on disney plus yeah mm-hmm. and even you know like that first season of luke cage i like oh, that man. better than anything yes. i've seen wandavision all of these things even though i like wow. all of that stuff and i think that there is a little bit of laziness with these Disney movies because they can tie directly to the movies. Right. Mm. And the, the Netflix Marvel movies, they couldn't. I mean, for whatever reason, they would talk about, you know, the event and stuff like that. But they, they couldn't bring in the characters from right. the movies and shit like that. Right. And so they were forced to really write harder. And this, is, this
2: feels like, yeah, we've got Hawkeye
3: in our Hawkeye series.
2: He's yeah. an Avenger. I, I feel like almost not quite the opposite, but I feel like the word for me is careful. I feel like they're constantly being very careful. We don't want to expose this character too early. We don't want to talk about this thing yet because maybe we'll use it down the road. Um, we don't want to freak out people who already like this particular thing. I almost wonder if they've gotten their head in the wrong space because they're so like, paranoid about how they can play things in.
0: I think, it's, uh, I think you're onto some with the Netflix one. Because it's safe. Uh, the, the show is safe.
3: Yeah. The Daredevil. Hawkeye, you feel yeah. like it's safe? Yeah. 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 The,
0: Hawk, the Daredevil and Luke Cage were rough and intense Very. and yeah. incredibly violent at times. The
3: Punisher was insanely violent. Well, and that might be something that maybe Disney Plus doesn't, doesn't feel comfortable. Do you yeah. think that they could have done a show like The Punisher on Disney Plus?
0: No, no. Yeah, I, don't so I mean, the guy's shooting arrows at people all over the place and right. you're not getting anybody violently torn apart.
2: I mean, what's the roughest thing on Disney? Like maybe Mandalorian, <laughs> which isn't, you know.
3: Yeah.
0: It's such well, a I mean, safe
2: death. As, I got a, shot by a, as
3: a side note, I, did you guys watch any of that Beatles documentary? No. no it's fucking amazing except for it makes you want to just throttle yoko who's sitting Uh there the entire time while these guys are making history and writing their next album and she's like eating a chocolate bar and reading the paper or something like that and (laughs) it's like why are you here but anyway um (laughs) peter jackson had to fight because disney wanted to uh because they swear it's it's a live thing while they're writing you know and and disney wanted to edit the swearing out and peter jackson was like this is history. Yeah. And, and he, you know, got them to, to relent on it. But that's right. what we're dealing with on Disney Plus is they've got to be um, safe. Yeah. Yeah. The Hawkeye series is a Family CW. Friendly. Closer
0: to the CW style. It's better in than that. At it's least. better than those. Yeah. yeah. So it sits between that and, their, and the Netflix. But yeah, the Netflix ones are a lot better.
3: Yeah. I did like how... I mean, with this latest episode, without giving too much away, it does tie into the end of the Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And That's I was nice. like, oh, oh, I forgot about
2: that. And, you know, there's a lot of hints of potential people who might be showing up in the next few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And including tying in some of that Netflix stuff. So
3: Well, yeah, we'll in the comics that Echo is the what, the goddaughter of the kingpin? Yep. So that would be an easy way to pull him in at the very least. Absolutely. Maybe Daredevil. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. The other one I was... By the way, that had to be the geekiest thing we have ever all talked about. (laughs) And we all knew exactly what
0: it was. Yeah, good point.
2: And I held my tongue on so many more geeky things, but that's okay.
0: No, no. You don't need to hold your tongue on geeky things on this show. Oh. Uh, Speaking of ungeeky, (laughs) I watched a movie called The Vigil. Have you seen this one? No, yeah. but I've heard yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. Jewish, it. yeah. Horror, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. Yeah, it's a, a combination of interesting things for me. It's a well done horror movie. It's well acted, and it's a style of film that really hasn't been told much. The Jewish perspective on death and the idea of somebody sitting with the body until it's ready to right. be processed. Incredibly well acted. Yeah. And some genuinely creepy shit happens in it. For sure. Uh, I just think it's just good. It's just nice, solid, well-made horror film. And it's one of those two that just has nat- natural reaction. Start watching, oh, this was PG-13? Yeah, this is PG-13 done right. Yeah. It, it's, it's creepy and scary. And it, but uh, So I would definitely recommend that one.
3: Yeah, I like that one a lot. I was just thinking of PG-13, and I think it's on... I think it's on the Disney stuff where they will show like, um, you know, contains scenes of smoking and oh, stuff yeah, like that. You guys, Netflix does that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, maybe it is Netflix. I'm thinking of where they, where they do that. And it'll be like, you know, contains um, sexual situations, nudity and smoking.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> oh, that's, that's, it was on Ozark. I've, you know, I've been oh. hooked on Ozark. Yeah. And, and I'm like, you guys didn't even mention the part where these people are graphically getting their brains blown out. But the smoking, we want to no, make sure really? your kids aren't no, exposed those coming. to
0: that. That's like the Indian films. Sometimes we'll have when somebody's smoking on screen, they put words on the screen. Oh, while they smoking, yeah.
1: Wow. Like,
2: yeah. I wonder if um, when some certain films start popping up on Disney Plus, if they're going to have to be like contains gay. Like, <laughs> just, just be aware. Oh my. All y'all. Contains gay.
0: <laughs> oh, everybody's happy in this movie. Okay, cool.
2: <laughs> Be prepped. <laughs> I mean, cause it's, it's the same crowd to a certain extent as the Hallmark crowd, right? Like people who are yeah. often of certain religious <laughs> affiliations are the ones who are, you know, buying those, those Disney movies going, it's safe for my kids. Absolutely. You're right. Not safe anymore.
3: You know what isn't safe? This episode of Strange Eons Radio. That's right. dun, dun, dun. How about we take a break? And when we come back, we're answering your burning <laughs> questions. We have returned, and uh, we've got something different going on this time. We asked people for questions, and wanted to make this um, kind of uh, like the projection booth, which does ego fest. I think we'll call <laughs> ours um, Stranger Palooza or something like there that. There you go. Um, but I had my own questions about you guys too, oh, and, oh, and stuff like that. Oh, I see that One, one of them, Vanessa, was I found out the when we were at Emerald City Comic Con and you were saying oh yeah i just i teach right around the corner and all this stuff and i was like you really need to explain to me the teaching part of your life cuz i didn't i thought that you occasionally taught a course or something like this but this sounds like a, a it's a daily job
2: uh it's not daily it's it's once a week but it's for 5 hours
3: right once so, a week
2: <laughs> so. so
3: i mean did, are you a Teacher? Did you go to school to be a teacher? How oh, do you how do you teach? I got uh, secretly. I kind of have always wanted to be a teacher.
2: Oh, yeah. you could totally do it. Um, I at, at an all-girl school. Uh, we have less of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of got tr- tricked into it, but I've done a lot of teaching ever since I graduated from film school. So, um, when I first graduated, one of my early jobs was to teach like a little bit of instruction on editing and like introduction of filmmaking to others, you know, upcoming students into like youth camps. Uh, And then I didn't really go to school for teaching. It's just that the current job that I've got, um, a friend of mine who's a a DP in town, Bliss Holloway is incredible, incredible uh, filmmaker. He uh, got roped into a program for um, Seattle Central Visual Media Program, just as like a teacher and then, all of a sudden, he became in charge of the whole program, and he was scrambling for people who okay. could jump in and teach things and It turns out I have two master's degrees, which means I'm super qualified to teach, apparently, yes. so and I get a slightly higher pay bump um and he was like, "Oh hey, could you like teach this introduction to editing class?" And this was three or four years ago, okay. and I was like, "Um, sure, for this like two year program where um, kids are learning visual media." And so I started doing that,
3: but kids as in
2: as in adults, adult kids, yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's community college. So my kid, my kids, the the <laughs> students I have um are aged between pretty much like eighteen and hundred you know, oh, okay. like sure. you have like a huge, huge, huge range. And um this year, it's actually really great because the pandemic meant a lot of people quit their jobs. And so now, I have a lot of very dedicated students who are excited to learn <laughs> something new, which I love. Cool. and they're not just floundering, which is it's fantastic. Um uh, but yeah, so uh, i've I've been teaching intro to editing on and off with them, and currently I'm doing this sort of collaborative um, class where students get like a really quick intro. A five week crash course um, on how to, like, w- what film is. I break down narrative and film through structure. So, first day, we talk about shot sizes and how that um, tells your audience what they're looking at. So, close up means you're emotionally very close to the scene, wide shot, you're getting information. Second day, we talk about, you know, editing, then. We talk about sound design. Um, by the time we're done, you know, hopefully they can watch a film and really have it ruined for them. That's my goal. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so nice. well, that was like when we went to film school. It was like after yep. after um, you know learning the code of film. Yeah. You know, you're just yes. like you you can't not see it.
2: No, completely. And I mean, that's one of my favorite. And the best and the worst thing about going to film school is you will never see a film the same way again because you can see all the trappings and all the structure and what goes into it. And at, while I was in the middle of learning editing, I went and saw The Prestige in a, a theater. I probably told you guys about this, in a theater on Tottenham Court Road. And uh, in the middle of the movie, a red, uh, a giant red screen flashed up and it said media offline for like a frame. And I was like, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> I get that all the time now. And so it was like, it was such a great moment for me to be like, oh, I can see through what's happening here. And uh just really felt empowering. So I'm trying to give that to these kids so they can um, watch a film and be like, oh, the sound design is doing this right now. And it's trying to make me think that we're outside or this is happening or It's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It is not my full-time job. I don't consider myself a teacher, but it's something that I've been engaging with pretty consistently for a few years now.
3: Do any of the students bring you an apple?
2: I hope not. Kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, Vanessa's allergic to apples. Okay. Is a new one?
0: Okay. If any of her
3: students are listening, bring her an orange. Nature hates yes. Vanessa.
0: That is a
2: hundred percent
0: true. What What is the main crop Washington's known for? Yep, it's apples. It's apples. I'm also yeah. as
2: allergic to grass as you can be. They want me to have shots, but I won't do it. So, fun question, I, Kelly.
3: <laughs> I love uh, you know talking about our film school, which was predominantly yeah. writing. I love seeing people hide the hero's journey but even more so I love it when it's like blatant and people who hate the hero's journey then love a movie where it's exactly the hero's journey. Black Panther is so blatant that the character dies and they put him in a cave with an elixir (laughs) to bring him back to life. And I I wanted to stand up and go, is everybody else watching this?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I literally just taught that like a few days ago yeah, the, the hero's journey journey, Heroes journey. it's and, a great one yeah and there's a really good graph online of all you know some really good films that follow it beat by beat yeah,
0: <sighs> yeah all the really all the really good ones do Even yeah. if you don't know there yeah. so like when we saw um goldman william goldman talk yeah yeah down in la he we went to a thing we talked about and he talked about how he thinks all this teaching of writing is stupid i'm like yeah, because you naturally write yeah. a perfect hero's journey. Well, yeah. It's just what you write. Right. So you don't think it can maybe can't be taught or it's just something you know. I'm not sure. But I was watching going,
2: also I've seen
0: The Princess
3: Bride, dude. Yeah. Also, he was speaking at a seminar that we paid to go see, and he's like, Oh, nobody can teach you how to write. Like, oh, well, what are we doing here then?
2: <laughs> can I have my money back? <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Oh,
1: oh my
3: gosh. So we, we asked for questions and all that stuff. And one of the very basic questions we got from just about everybody was knowing a little bit more about our history and everything. Yeah. And I, I thought maybe I'd just kind of ask you guys, you know, like, uh, Eric, <laughs> why is everybody looking at me? Eric, <laughs> what's your, what's your background?
2: Yeah. Man of mystery. It's so exciting. That's why
3: I have to keep
0: it secret. <laughs> Let's see. How far back should we go? Well, how about you start after high school? (laughs) Well, it's really boring. Uh, (laughs) We'll start with that. I did grow up in a small little town in Idaho. Not super small, but definitely not large. Large enough that when I moved to Seattle, the University of Washington had more students than my town had. Wow. (laughs) And uh, I moved up here in the late 80s, shall we say? (laughs) And uh, went to a school that no longer exists. Oh,
3: yeah. The I Art Institute.
0: attended the Art Institute of Seattle and then worked at the Art Institute of Seattle. A lot of the, the, the biggest thing I probably did there was, um, as far as like names somebody might recognize, is stage managing and editing Alice in Chains. Right. So I did a stage managed one of their shows where they, at the Ballard um, Underground. Which oh, yeah. Is long gone. Yeah. Which they, every member of the band stole food from the restaurant. <laughs> Found out beautiful. Well, while, while they're doing, you know, you know what they're doing there right now. They're loading a bunch of stuff into. There. It's like I don't care. I'm not. <laughs> nope. Here, must. I'm just gonna let this go. But uh, and that was my sister's machine open for them. Uh, who actually. Oh, man.
3: I just hired really off some synapses. I hadn't heard that name in a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a pretty good local band, but then they hired the same producer as Allison Chains and tried to make them sound that way, which was not their sound, and it just didn't work. But anyway, so mm. Allison Chains was fun. Weird little tidbit about watching that video being made. Lane Stanley, who goes batshit bat nuts in videos, you always see him spinning around and throwing his hair, doesn't move on a live show, at least at that time. Huh. They, he just... Didn't move. So it's like, shoe gazer. Yep. So it's like, okay, you concentrate real hard on your guitar playing, but you know when the cameras are on. So you go crazy. Uh, so that was fun. And editing it was fun. Got some MTV play out of the one that I edited. Um, had to be slightly edited because he had a big fuck on his guitar. <laughs> but so that was pretty cool. And then I, when I was working at Art Institute, I did the, ran the audio and video rooms at night. And I can tell you, most of the audio bands that came in were really bad. Oh, shit. and the studio wasn't really
3: that well soundproofed. So, what, what were were they recording albums there? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I yeah, didn't
0: they had a full that. studio. Oh, and so I would sit and listen to the bands and stuff. And one night, this band comes in that was really good. And I was like, and the main thing you can hear, obviously, is the drums.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was hearing. Jeff played drums. Oh,
3: my brother's band.
0: Yeah. So I'm going, well, this is a good band. So I went down and, you know, horned my way into the studio or something like that, because I probably knew whoever the engineer was. I wonder what they were doing there, because I didn't know they ever recorded there. I I think it was a demo thing. It didn't seem like a a full... Oh,
3: that's right. Because um, we were shooting the video. Uh, I'm skipping ahead. Well, we we're
0: that's yeah, we started talking about, hey, these guys are good. Hey, they need a video. You want to help? So I worked my way into getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. By uh using all the gear. Yes. from The art institute and also using old videotapes from various things. Yep. Uh interesting old videotapes. I discovered that Michael Bolton actually had like a little rock band thing going for a while. Oh, yeah. For some reason the video was on file at the Art Institute. Yeah. So, yeah, that led to a shooting. Uh, somebody's watching you, which is available online. You can find it. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's not great. Early. It's early, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Video. Oh. Yeah. But
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, some cool shots in it, though. Some cool stuff in it. General stuff. I worked, uh, as far as my, like, making money stuff, I worked for Suncoast Video for... 16 years, I think. Wow. Ran four different stores, opened two or three, renovated two or three. Had the real fun job of taking over the Everett store after not having a manager for a month and having to fire almost the entire staff. <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be a fun month. Um, let's see, what else have I done? Yeah, met Dina at work. That's right. I met, a, I met my, my wife at work when she was... I was the assistant manager. But, um, hashtag me too.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> Not quite sure, you know,
3: where to go with other stuff. No, There's, I mean, uh, I think that's what people wanted to know is, yeah. you know, you're, how, how you ended up here and all that. So,
2: yeah. And currently you're um, working with the Crypticon crew, right? Right.
3: Film yeah. Festival. Crypticon, yeah. Tell me a how you stuff. got involved in Crypticon, because you were there year one. Yeah. Yeah, I was at, uh, I was running
0: four um, panels for NorwestCon.
1: Oh,
3: okay.
0: And a guy who, I'll leave his name out of this, came and atta- approached me about doing the convention. And so I came on and programmed a whole bunch of stuff and almost everything except for guests, year or two or three. And then some shit went down that was really bad. And <laughs> Troy took over and kind of brought me to stay on. It's just been fluid since then, just up and down. Who's going to work with? Where you are going to go? Yeah. Did the panels for a while. Got sick of that. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's a pain. And then uh, it's like, I'll do the film festival.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's much more fun. And then uh, various editing things. I'm actually currently in the middle of uh, remastering something Kelly and I did in uh, 2000, 1999, 2000. That I think the more I watch it, the more I think it's going to be very interesting for younger audiences to see now it's a documentary about waiting in line to see the phantom menace for a month where the group of people just got the parking lot next to cinema cinerama and set up campers and stayed there for a month
2: that's incredible
0: (laughs) yeah that was wild
2: yeah that'll be really fun to to check out once you've gone through it
0: yeah, it's it's better it's better than I remember, which is very cool. Yeah. And then uh, needs just needs some reworking, and we
3: may do some new interviews. And
2: that's so cool. Well, what about you, Kelly? Yeah.
3: Uh, I think everybody has heard kind of my story. Um,
2: I I don't know. I'm I feel like there's some holes for me. I don't even know where I I know almost nothing about you up until you went to. Film school, I think.
1: So. Uh,
3: let's see. So I was raised in a tiny town um, up by the border called, named Bellingham. And uh, when I graduated, my parents said, well, we're moving to Hawaii. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, what am I doing? And my mom was like, yeah, figure it out. <laughs> so, so I sold all my comics and I drove my shitty uh, 76- Chevy Monza down to Los Angeles I had a novel and uh, I knew a guy who was a photographer and was gonna let me stay in his garage and um, and work for him and I did that for about a year and a half he was a playboy photographer
1: beautiful so
3: it was a uh, a exciting time
1: <laughs> I
3: uh, shopped my novel around and everybody let me know it was pretty bad and uh but one of the people who read it was a guy named dick morgan who was a writer down there who had written episodes of lost in space and uh the land of the lost and shit like that and anyway he read it and he was like have you ever thought of writing screenplays your your writing is not flowery enough for novels Mm -hmm. but for screenplays and i was like i i don't know and so he handed me some screenplays and kind of light went off above my head. And I was like, Oh, this is what I want to use right to the point And you know, a mm-hmm. hundred pages. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I started doing that. And then I moved back up here, met Eric because of my brother's band. My brother was in a band in the eighties. That was almost big. They were called Q five and they had a hit in Europe and, they reformed um, or at least the guitarist and my brother reformed a, a band called nightshade. Ah. And then now you're telling me this and it's, it's reminding me they did a demo of four songs that yeah. uh, got them a label for their new album. And then talking, you know, the drummer was just a piece of shit, but anyhow, he, <laughs> he wanted to, he wanted to do a video or something like that. My brother stepped in and I think that's when he was talking to you, Eric when he mm-hmm. said, "Well, wait a second. I'd much rather you work with my brother, who has this storyline that actually yeah. these songs are kind of based in." Mm. And so uh, I remember you and I met at a bar, probably, and <laughs> and, um, and we started talking about what we wanted to do. We had kind of lofty goals for zero budget, yeah. But uh, those the four videos turned into one video. We've got footage for other things, but. Um, it was just a, uh, a pretty decent friendship and, mm-hmm. and a, a desire to do something. Keep in mind, this is the time when um, Quentin Tarantino is coming out and Robert Rodriguez yeah. is coming out. And, and it's like, oh, wait a second. We don't need to have a studio behind us. We could make a movie. Yeah. So I, I wrote a couple of scripts mm-hmm. and um, they are bad. I look back on them <laughs> they're really bad. And I, I just remember thinking, why won't anybody give us money? And it, now I look at it and I'm like, no wonder nobody would give us money. <laughs> yeah. These are awful. Yeah. <laughs> but we, uh, we persevered and, uh, did that thing where we, uh, stood in line with the people and, uh, then made a, a short film mm. and the then another short film and, and then oh, g- get God. some interest and got some money to make our feature film, mm. you know, and then the rest is history. We've been palling around for, <laughs> yeah. 30
0: years yeah i would say man i wish we'd gone to the film school first and then made the movie
3: yeah it was oh well it is what it is you know what the movie was um not great but boy what an education that was oh man shooting it was so much fun yeah and 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 then shopping it around you know we went down to the american film market wow uh just had a blast with it, you know, flew all over to various film festivals and shit like True. that. I so. mean, all of
2: that is like priceless yeah. information. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's stuff that I, I I tell my students, like go fuck up. You're not going to be mm-hmm. any good for a long time. Go and fuck up, just make stuff. Yeah. Like it, that's the only way to learn.
3: Well, and then, you know, the American <laughs> film market was, <sighs> oh, I mean, just a wild, have you ever been down there? Have you? Mm-mm. It is a wild experience because they, uh, they hollow out like three hotels and they mm-hmm. take all the furniture out of the, the rooms and people rent the room and they've got their movie there. And, and you've got either people selling a movie or people buying movies. Yeah. And you just kind of trick or treat your way down the hallways trying wow. to get people interested. And you're dropping off CDs or DVDs of your movie and your card yeah. and just hoping that somebody's going to call up and say, yeah, we'll buy your movie. Wow. Yep.
2: Incredible. Yeah. It
3: was a wild thing. I remember sitting next to Carl Weathers at the bar. Oh. <laughs> right.
2: and, you know, I had a
3: drink and I look over and he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And I was like, "Good." He's having any luck? And I'm like, "Having a lot of fun." And he was like, "All right,
1: <laughs> gotta work." Oh
2: man.
3: So, <laughs> yeah. So those kind of experiences are uh, definitely worth. Yeah. Whatever.
2: They're 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 definitely worth a lot. Was there anything in particular that made you decide to leave LA and and Hang out up here. Jeez, I was
3: 18 and just super lonely.
2: Yeah, uh,
3: you know, yeah. I had left a girlfriend up here and all of that stuff, and uh, you know, didn't. I was broke. Now I lived in this guy's garage, but he lived. I mean, our neighbor was Sammy Hagar, oh, so this was not a. A shitty garage. The garage it was, was carpeted. Garage. I had, you know, a refrigerator <laughs> and TV in there. It was actually a pretty fucking swanky garage and all that. But I was broke, so you know, it, LA is an expensive place to try and live in. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It was fun. I came back up and uh, and you know later on, then I got into the publishing stuff. I wanted to do a comic book with um, this artist friend of mine and. That led me into meeting much better artists and quite honestly, much better writers. And I was like, I actually, I want to publish you guys. I don't mm. think I need to publish me as badly as I think that I need to publish you. So that started Planet Lovecraft magazine. That turned into Strange Eons magazine, which is when I brought Rick into the Strange Eons stuff. And, um, and, you know, now we're publishing books.
2: Wow. Yeah.
3: And, and I got a killer podcast. That's true. It's true. Yeah.
2: I think. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. No, it, it's weird
0: when you start to think about that stuff. It's like, oh yeah, I also DP'd for some people and I AD'd for a few things. Yeah. But oh, yeah. but I know you have done a little had quite the
3: background of oh God. traveling and God, no stuff. kidding. You lived yeah. in a different country.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's so um, I mean, much like both of you, actually, I grew up in a pretty, pretty small place. Uh, Mine only had 300 people there (laughs) when I was growing up. And uh, so I grew up on a a little island in the South Puget Sound. And um, it was a very, I didn't know it was a very weird life. But um, I mean, I was like, you know, building fires every day because we didn't have heating. And when we (laughs) first moved into the house that we had out there, um, when I was like six, there was like no front door. (laughs) Or carpets <laughs> or like, well, we had one electricity socket, which we had the fridge plugged into. So it was just a really different kind of thing. And I was just so used to growing up and living in the woods and going to Catholic school. Um, <laughs>
3: how does, I mean, tiny towns usually make tiny people. Right. Uh, how does somebody with that background end up in Europe?
2: Yeah, well... I think that you can do one of two things when you live in a small town under a microscope. You can either become part of it, or you can fight against it and question it the yeah. whole time. <laughs> Hello.
3: But the balls it takes yeah. to go, uh, not even just to Seattle. Uh, I'm going to
1: London. London. <laughs> yes.
2: You know, I think I always had like an effa- infatuation with um, with England. That I just I grew up watching like Red Dwarf and I, I loved Hugh Grant and there was something about I know, I know, but like there was something about England that found I found really interesting. And when I graduated from high school, so my family is predominantly on, on my mom's side. My my grandmother's from a small Bavarian town in Germany. So my mother grew up constantly going to Germany. We had this really strong German connection. And so when I graduated from high school, and my mom said, Well, we're gonna go to Germany so you can like see your grandmother's farmhouse and where we came from and meet all our relatives. Um and you can pick, I'll pick two countries and you pick two countries and we'll like see some of oh, Europe. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was weird because for me, like we grew up so, I grew up so, so, so poor. So having the ability to suddenly be able to go to Europe was like, whoa. I mean, I couldn't get flavored Pop-Tarts before. And now I can, like, we would, my family would share like a, we would buy a thing of sourdough bread. And there were me and three siblings that we'd each just grab hunks and eat it. And all of a sudden it's like, no, we get to like get, I get to go on a plane uh, (laughs) because my mom had a new job and it was just me at that point because I was the youngest. So it was like, wow, all right, this is insane. And so she picked Italy because she hadn't been and we did Germany. And then I picked England and Ireland. And when I was in England... I just totally fell in love with the place. I was like, hey, it's a place I speak the language that's not where I currently am. I had no interest in the rest of the United States at that point in my life. (laughs) And um, when I got into college, they had a study abroad program. So I was just like, oh, well, I'm studying literature. Why don't I just do it somewhere else for a while? And then um, once I graduated, I went back and got my master's and then my second master's and then went to film school there. So I just, I just loved it. And you know, it wasn't just like
0: a summer
3: or two there. You lived there for ten
0: quite a years, while. Yeah, ten, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. 10 years, okay.
2: Yeah, for all of my 20s, I lived there. Wow.
3: Then why come back?
2: That's such a good question. Um, <laughs> well, I finally had a visa figured out. Um, finally, there was a lot of me having to leave and come back for a new visa of yeah, one kind or sure. another. So that was always a, a horrible, horrible game. But um, my family started aging. My, My mother got older. My brother had two children. And the problem with a city like London or probably other cities like New York or, you know, whatever, it changes so fast. And so everyone I knew would come and go. There was nobody who was just there for, you can't have, you can't raise a family in London. There's no, like the escalators don't work half the time. There's no elevators at all. Like, how are you (laughs) going to get a baby around the place? Like every house, like I knew four or five people who would come in together to buy a house because there's no house there under a million dollars. So you're going to, once you start working, you're going to leave London and be commuting. So that lifestyle is just not sustainable. It was a really good place to be in my 20s when I was just drinking literally every day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, uh, but at some point it was like sounds very judgy <laughs> I, I had a great time <laughs> I had a wonderful time nice. but um, yeah went to you know I went to film school out there I loved it but at some point I, I decided to go ahead and come home and see if I could have a film career out here um, that was another thing starting filmmaking in the UK I was the bottom of a very long list of people to get hired so it's first everyone you know and then everyone who's English, and then everyone who's from the EU, and then everyone who's <laughs> not from the EU. Uh-huh. I was uh-huh. fifth in line for every job. Sure. always. So my job at Technicolor I got on a total fluke um, when I started finally working in um, uh, on something real, I want to say, because I got <laughs> to work with Disney and um, NBC Universal content uh, when i when I started. Uh, Technicolor. And that was literally some guy called me from my film school and was like, Oh God, I've got some night, a a job that has like nights that I can't work. I've overbooked. Could you like do this job? It starts tomorrow. (laughs) And I was like, Sure. And I show up and it's like, (laughs) You put a card down and like glass doors slide open and there's, you know, I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what the job was. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, so you're going to be launching Disney XD in the UK, um, which is the <laughs> HD channel of Disney. And uh, we got all this content from Burbank and we need you to go through the tapes and look for flaws and then fix any flaws you see. And then uh, you have to go through um, probably about six uh, a day, at least minimum, it's 12 hour days. And uh, if you don't figure it out in this week, don't worry about it. Um, um, we just won't have you back. <laughs> it was brutal. But um, that was that was my first job out there for... Well, uh, one of my early jobs out there for a couple of years. So, yeah, yeah. So, it Crazy. was very cool. Very, very cool.
0: And you shot a film there.
2: I did. Uh, This is how it all ties back in together. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So um, I shot a couple of films out there. I went to film school specifically for writing and directing. Um, The writing part was shit. That film school did not know what they were doing for that. (laughs) But the directing was really solid, really, really intensive one-year program. And um, I made a couple of short films out of that. And one of that, uh, one of those was my first short film outside of film school so it was the first one that was definitely like almost watchable (laughs) the rest were horrifically bad (laughs) i mean there are some that i purposely bury i do not want people to find um and i submitted it to a bunch of festivals it was a little fantasy short with a girl who um is trying to figure out who she is and but it's it's fantasy so she has antlers (laughs) which i thought was very cool because yeah forests and um, I submitted it around, and somehow or another, I don't even know how I got into Maelstrom. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember how I submitted. What
0: it was all thinking? without a box then. So Oh, it, it was probably random. Box,
2: yeah. yeah, I think I was just like, sure, says fantasy in the title. We'll submit. There you go. Yeah. And it's in
3: Seattle. And, I'll yeah. I'll interject. That's yeah. the Maelstrom International Fantastic Film Festival, which yes. we started... I don't know. I think I lasted two years before I was like, you guys, I have way too much shit going on. But you (laughs) kept the festival going for four years? Four years. Yep.
2: Yeah. It was a really cool festival. Like, it had a great space. It was
0: really, I think it had a lot of really good quality stuff, some real quality people involved with it, like Isaac and uh, the, and it just didn't grow a much of an audience. We never lost any money, but we never really made any either. So it just yeah. became sort of like. Uh, it was a lot but, of work. Yeah. Our, and our primary investor is like, you know, this doesn't seem to be really going anywhere. So.
2: Yeah. But. Uh, but yeah. So you ended, ended up there and then yeah. you actually showed up. I did. I showed up. Um, I, well, it was 2008 and I was waiting for a visa. Yet again, I was I had some downtime. So I happened to be in Seattle and I was um I, you know, was was waiting on a visa that turned out wasn't going to come through. I ended up going back to the UK on a different visa. But um (laughs) I had some downtime, submitted heart around and um got accepted into Maelstrom. And it was pretty much my rule that anything I could go and like be in person for, I would because I Good rule. Really knew the film industry in, in Seattle. Didn't know anybody. So 2008 was a big year. Actually, no, I'm sorry. That was 2000. Uh, no, that was 2008. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, went and met Eric and you gave me a prize. And yeah. it, I was like, that was, I think the first time I ever won anything. The
0: first the first winner of Best Short Film.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I love it. I just thought it was a, had a beautiful, sweet, it's, wonderful short. Yeah.
2: I think it's probably one of the best ones I ever did. Honestly, like it it just worked out. Everything worked out about it. I didn't even bother to record sound because I couldn't afford a sound guy. And so I got it. Wow. Yeah. And so instead I got a musician to score the whole thing and it it worked perfectly. Jeez. So it was the silent film. And yeah, you gave me an award and then I did not see you again for many years.
0: And then at a Crypticon. Crypticon. Yeah. You're walking around someplace. We yeah. were outside the previous hotel we were at. Yep. And you're... Walking around going, is that who I think it is? I walked up and go, are you Vanessa Williams? (laughs) And you're like, oh my God, somebody
2: knows who I am. It It was
0: really cute. And so yeah, started yeah. talking then you got more involved with CryptoCon and yeah, doing when, panels. And,
2: absolutely. When I was um in Seattle, basically I I I did some reality TV work and then I ended up at a company called um Imagos where I was the okay. head of post-production. And as part of that, I would help promote their previous materials like motivational growth, which was something that CryptoCon mm-hmm. had played. Um, and so I was there for that and I was like, oh my God, somebody who knows me. And I'm like, this is really weird, really, really weird. (laughs) And then, yeah, um, luckily I got to go back in the future once I was freelancing and on my own and, you know, got to hang out as like an actual person who actually has thoughts and opinions (laughs) on movies. So very fun. Uh,
3: that brings us, so we asked for some questions and everything that brings me to one of these questions. Let me see. We printed these out basically how we made the choice to have Vanessa as our co-host. Oh, oh I,
2: sure. Yeah. Always a good question. I was going to
3: say, it's sort of pretty straightforward. you <laughs> well, know. I mean, we, we knew you yeah. for a couple of years yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, and as panel. From cr- yeah. Panel, chat and in the, in the drunk up. hallways and yep. all that. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, I'm not sure if we made a conscious effort that we were going to have a third co host or if we just thought we'd have like revolving hosts. Yeah, I don't remember exactly where we sat down. I know we started, you know, just bringing in
0: people we wanted and right. like talking to. And, but yeah, I don't remember it being I mean, a. Because I don't quest. think
3: really we were thinking that it was going to be a permanent co host until you sat in. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I was listening to the episode afterwards and I was like, I'm in love with Vanessa's voice. She's got the greatest radio voice. And it's just nice to have, you know, I've got this weird gravelly voice. Eric sounds like Kermit the Frog. There you go. And I was like, (laughs) we need somebody with a nice voice. Jeez.
2: You guys have fantastic. Well, the funny thing is to me, it felt very random. It was like, I think I'd seen you guys not that long ago at a crypticon and then i i don't remember who among you it was probably you eric who asked if i wanted to like come on and sit in on a show and i was like that's cool i haven't done that like i'd done radio in college in england to no like no one listened it was like sunday mornings (laughs) like this show yeah there you go it was like it was for rare fm and so i i knew a little bit about doing radio stuff and having worked in production like i knew a little bit about how to talk to a mic without (laughs) spitting or whatever. Um, So it was like, oh, cool. This is really fun. I had a really wonderful time. And then I didn't hear from you guys for like four months. I thought that was that. When you guys were like, oh, hey, do you want to come on permanently? It was like out of nowhere and uh, just so fucking fantastic. I was like, yes, 100%. I want to be on your amazing show talking about amazing things that I actually care about and like never get to talk to any of my friends about. Yeah.
3: I remember because we were kind of also struggling with the idea because we knew how far you had to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, this isn't really
2: fair. Yes. But. I had moved back to the island at that point, um, but it was great because I love reasons to leave the island occasionally. Otherwise I become, you know, I get covered in moss.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and you knew enough people around here that you would work out stuff we didn't know that at the time, but you worked oh, yeah. out visiting people and it was perfect yeah. yeah
2: having I would just plan book my days like you know wall to wall and figure out what I was doing I, i'm I'm honestly really surprised to an extent though because that first show that we did together I remember I so over prepped I figured out what all the films you guys were going to talk about (laughs) were. And then I was like, okay, it's my topic, disaster movies. I had a stack of like 12 or 13 films I watched. (laughs) And then at the end, I remember, I can't remember which of you said it, but we were like, "Um, you don't have to watch the movies we're going to watch. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So yeah, it was um, pretty, pretty wild. Yeah.
3: Well. I think we did all right with you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so, it
2: was feel incredible.
0: Pretty
3: good about that. Oh yeah. Let's yeah. let's get into some of these questions. Yep. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question. Let's see. We just start here and go down, or oh, okay, sure. Yeah, let's do that.
2: Okay. So yeah.
0: So then I guess I will present to you the first question. Oh, all right. <laughs> from, from Will, Mr. Will over in Hong Kong.
3: All right. Yes. what is your most unappealing habit? (laughs) this question was to me. Yes. Uh, Well, probably being right all the time, I guess.
0: There's a word missing in there. (laughs) I
3: I mean, it's certainly, you guys don't seem to like it much.
2: You are opinionated. (laughs) That is true. Hmm. How how
3: am I supposed to feel? That seems like something that I would, that's like asking somebody if they're, Handsome, that's not up for me to decide. You have know, to tell yeah. me what my most unappealing <laughs> habit is.
2: Sure. <laughs> I'm,
3: in that I'm case, not
2: going to answer that. <laughs> in that
3: case, Vanessa, I'm yeah. going to ask you also from Will, what is your favorite smell? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's <to> you, Kelly. <laughs> no, uh, my, my favorite smell is the smell of fresh laundry. Is it really? It is. It's always always been that. I I love opening a dryer and like smelling that. (laughs) That
0: I know a lot of people say fresh grass, but I know why you would not say that now.
2: Hell no. (laughs) Fuck that. Absolutely not. Get that shit away from me.
3: And I don't ever wash my clothes, so I wouldn't know.
2: Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's your favorite smell then, Kelly?
3: That question wasn't for me.
2: But I need to know. Just keep going. All right. Sorry. Okay. So, um, Eric, yes. what is your greatest extravagance?
0: Not terribly extravagant person
2: mm-hmm.
0: in general, but I, I think it's probably over the last few, few years become these friggin boutique Blu ray.
2: Right? Damn
0: companies.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cause you have quite a few yeah. of those. Yeah. And it's sprung
0: up quickly. <laughs> That's like, it's like three or four years now. So it's oh damn it. But yeah, probably that. Yeah. As I sit here waiting for the uh, the Severin. Oh my
2: God! The um, thing to arrive. Full core yeah. box set. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that uh, hurt my wallet. Yes. <laughs> to
3: all three of us from Will was, um, who would play you in a biopic of your life, Eric.
0: Well, what would we immediately struck to mind? Kill your girl. Fuck you. Kevin Smith. That? Well, Kevin Smith from many years ago, because he's all slender and stuff now. Oh.
3: <laughs> or Dom DeLuise would be fun.
1: See, you're, going, you're <laughs> going
3: looks, but I, I, you're not as much as I joke about it. You're not nearly... <laughs> prickish enough to be Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that guy fucking thinks we should care what he thinks about the new Star Wars movie. Like, you haven't made a good movie in 15 yeah, fucking years. How, how you wouldn't recognize a good movie if it smacked you on the ass. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh my God. Vanessa, who's playing you? Um, God, you know what? This is such a hard question. Like, I've I've definitely got one of those faces where people are like, you are vaguely familiar, but no one that I can think of looks like you. Once somebody said, I look like a girl from Evanescence. Um, I, I know that Allison Hannigan is a lot like me when I was in high school. So she could play young me when she was young, but now she's old. And we've diverted ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, know.
0: if if the the one I actually honestly got when I was in high school was John Cryer. I got a lot of that.
2: Oh, I can oh, see that. I can see on.
3: that. Yeah. How about you, Kelly? Well, I mean, the obvious choice would be like the rock.
2: Sure. <laughs> yes. With the Absolutely. with the special
0: effects like that one uh, Super Bowl commercial where the yes, <laughs> <sort> of <laughs> <where he> takes
3: <laughs> off his arms. <laughs> oh Um, I have no idea. I don't uh I've got a pretty um common face. So I think that I'd have to pick an actor who was, you know, like similar to the way I act. Yeah. I don't know, like, like Toby Maguire or something like that. I feel oh, like I'm nice. um, I'm a pretty low key guy.
2: I think uh, Mark Marin could play you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just because of the anxiety
2: <laughs> no, I mean it's it's the that, that rough around the edges kind of person who's actually really sweet inside. Oh,
3: I appreciate that you think I'm sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I know I am a bit rough around the edges i am I am uh a little more conservative than Eric, a lot more conservative than you. if we were just to go like political beliefs, I think that oh sure, I fall. A little right of center, Eric probably falls a little left of center, and I think that you're a fucking communist <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do really believe in socialism. um no, I, I you know it's funny you say that because i'm I'm not sure that that's entirely true. It's just that I ask a lot of questions and I don't always tell people what I actually think about things, yeah, yeah. so
3: i I feel like part of my rough around the edges thing is just kind of this frustration of, I don't feel like I have changed much, but the center keeps changing on yeah, me. Yeah, the Good center. yes. And I'm just like Holy now. Crowd. Now I might as well be fucking Clint Eastwood the way you guys are saying <laughs> what you know what's right and what's
0: you're wrong. you're just gonna
2: be libertarian. Just be like fuck all of you. <laughs>
0: like, I, I'm over it. If you start talking to an empty chair, I will let you know.
3: I <laughs> Talk to all these empty chairs when you guys leave. <laughs> I just pretend I'm recording another episode.
2: Just the pillows <laughs> are like. Currently... That's Eric over there. That's been. <laughs> oh, lordy. Oh, my God. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess considering where things are, yeah, it's hard. I mean, because you probably are really right, and I am probably all pretty left for where the world is t- taking things. But Look,
3: I'm telling you right now, Vanessa, it is tough to be a white male. Right?
2: Now. <laughs> <laughs> when,
3: when are we going to have our time? What I...
2: As As somebody who is a film editor, and ninety-nine times out of a hundred, the only girl in the room,
1: sir, (laughs) the number of times
2: I've had to explain to people why they should listen to me at all, let's just let's just take a take a sec. Mike has got some questions. I will. I will beat you. Love Two two men interrupted you. (laughs) It's fine. Whatever. I'm used to it.
3: Micah's question. uh, (laughs) Thanks, Micah, for giving us some questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a burning question. At one point or another, you've all talked about formative films and comics in your life. So I was curious, what television series slash specials helped form the metric by which you all judge a show to be good, in quotation? Yeah. So aside from Star Trek, what what are the uh, TV series and specials that you guys consider good versus um, just, I like this? The wording of the question for me is a little weird because I don't. Watch a show and
0: go, well, this show is, uh, this is three Battlestar Galactica's
3: good.
2: Right.
3: <laughs> but maybe we should start writing everything should. by Battlestar Galactica. I would be okay the with The
0: original that. or the new?
2: New.
3: It's very good stuff. Yeah. I was going to say. Uh,
0: so, but, f- boy, favorite shows over the years, like Battlestar Galactica, the reboot was one that I think it was you that's, I watched the film they did and going, that's ah, all right. Yeah. And you said, watch the what is it, three minutes, I think the name of the oh, first episode. Yeah. And if you don't like it after that, whatever, man. And that
3: was compelling T V. Yeah. Uh well, the best T V does that. I mean, mm-hmm. that was um that was because we were in a fucking endless war and here comes this show that was able to talk about it without talking about the war we were actually in. And yeah. so oh, God. I think that's what makes a good show is mm-hmm. that It addresses that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, or like I like shows that um really mess with format. So something like unfortunately Lost ended up sucking, but the idea of something that has no answers and is strange and weird, but is also just super engaging, like with Battlestar, where every episode you're like, I have to keep going. I need to understand what is happening in this thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think anything that probably. Starting at Quantum Leap is when I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Nice. But um, it sucks, Micah, that you said aside from Star Trek, because that is literally <laughs> everything I hold a candle to.
3: Oh, well, there, there's your Star Trek. Well, and, and television has certainly changed since yes, we so were yeah. originally watching it when we had three channels or, you know, if you were lucky. You could get a, a UHF channel as well, or something right. like
2: that. Like, because what you want, liked and enjoyed as a kid versus what you like and enjoy now, and what you're looking for in TV is vastly different. Because I'm sure yeah. the things that you know,
3: well, what we liked and enjoyed as a kid was just what was a, what would, whatever was on. That was right. I sure. mean, what kind of food do you like in prison? <laughs> prison food. That's all you got, and so that's what you like. Your option. It wasn't until the Sopranos or something came on and and weekly television was like, holy shit, you could do this. You can make a a compelling story with real, uh, realistic people and all of that. And, you know, it wasn't just a a laugh track because the Ropers think that Jack is gay and that's why it's okay. He's living with two women. It was like, that's what qualified for entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And the, (sighs) the
0: change, between what we were watching in the 80s and early 90s and what Sopranos and Buffy did and a few of those others where it went from, hey, every before that, every
3: episode had to be its own encapsulated. It, it all reset to the, yeah. the same it, thing at the end. Unless
0: it was, unless a, it was a season special. ender or a very special episode tonight on a very special Different Strokes. We're going to make all of you horribly uncomfortable.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but
0: uh, I mean, I guess we can rattle off a few we liked, which... What is something that comes to mind for you?
3: Well, I'm, I mean, I look back at those times when it was really hitting me how different it had become. So, The Sopranos, uh, The Shield, yeah. I was just like, yeah. "Holy shit!" Because FX suddenly started doing that too. It was one thing that pay television was doing all of this great right. stuff, but then when FX came out with The Shield, it was like, "Oh shit!" Mm. Now it is on, and now it is on. I mean, you know, ABC and NBC and CBS all have really compelling good television sure so.
2: yeah they had to bring their their game yeah yeah yeah
0: so in conclusion we really don't have a metrics in which we judge no,
2: not really. shows
3: but we do like them right
0: <laughs> we do
2: enjoy tv sometimes
3: much like a midwest senator um, i might not be able to tell you what porn is but i know it when i see it
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
0: Oh my! Well, there he is. He does have well, one. We the, did the. We pretty much did the background kind of thing. Uh, okay, but, that's uh,
2: true. Yes, yeah.
3: But uh, there is a question for Kelly. What action figures do I have up, and why? That's right. Um, everything's been relegated to the back room now. Sure. But uh, I have spent <laughs> an inordinate amount of money buying the toys I used to have as a child in some you know, futile attempt to recapture my childhood.
1: Absolutely. And
3: so what I've got up are uh, these gigantic robots called the Shogun Warriors, a ton of Godzilla toys from the 70s, uh, Micronauts, and uh, that's about it. Micronauts, Micah, you would know, um, that started off as Microman in Japan and then became uh, the Transformers and all of that stuff. But when Microman came back to... uh, The US, they were called the Micronauts.
2: He would definitely know that. Uh, Micah is obsessed with Transformers. I I
3: got that from that gigantic Unicron thing you were telling us about.
2: There is a room filled top to bottom with uh, Transformers.
0: What's the one style? You've got a style that's sort of a G.I. Joe esque.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into the nerdy history, but. Well, just what is that called? G.I. Henshin Cyborgs. Uh, G.I. Joe in the 60s in america was this just incredibly huge toy line for kids they were 12 inch tall dolls mm. well they um they shipped that over to japan and japan's like well we like the idea but we're not big on having a bunch of american soldier toys and so <laughs> they decided to make them out of clear plastic and turned them into cyborgs instead Whoa! and and so there were these 12 inch tall G.I. Joe dolls but they were see-through I've got a couple of those and Mm -hmm. then and then because everything is tiny in Japan they made them you know 3 inches tall instead of 12 inches tall and that's where the microman came from and then they made them Uh. able to start transforming into things and yes the rest is very geeky history
0: I see it all on the Netflix series the toys (laughs) that made us
2: (laughs) Um, well, it looks like uh, we've got a different listener who has a question for all of us again.
3: That's Andrew Byers, and he does the Friday Night Fight Fest podcast, Fright Fest podcast, <laughs> um, that if he could get his dang RSS feed going correctly so my Zoom could read it, I'd listen to more often.
2: <laughs> you hmm. and your goddamn wonder, Zoom. wonder what I he
3: uses as a host. Carlos was telling me... Um, He goes, well, I have one Zune listener now. I assume that's you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's me.
2: (laughs) Andrew asks, as filmmakers yourselves, what story, novel, or other literary property would you each love to adapt to the screen?
3: I have a very easy, quick answer because there is a Robert R. McCammon novel called Stinger that I think would just make a spectacular movie, very creepy, alien horror in the desert.
2: That sounds incredible. What about you, um, so I actually started trying to make a property reel. So I'm, mm. I'm just go ahead and drop that one, which was a uh, night trap. Which I wrote a yes, that's a video game. All right, uh, it was a VMA uh, video motion something something video game where they basically filmed a film and then cut it up, and depending on what you click on, they'll the people will run around oh, and do yeah, things. I remember that. Yeah, 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 it's kind of like a a really. Uh, It's like a slumber party, but with vampires. And the girls are all like having pillow fights and laughing and running around. And so I started writing it, but with like actual girls, with actual girl issues. And was just having such a fun time. And I think any property that has um, girls that were horrifically poorly written in it, I just want to take it back and be like, and then she had her period. (laughs) (laughs) And people like you will say... Oh, boy. And that'll be great. <laughs>
0: nice. Uh, mine's, speaking of still liking fantasy, <laughs> still a little bit of fantasy, I'd like, mine would probably be a fantasy novel uh, by Michael Moorcock. Not Elric, though. The first Michael Moorcock I actually read was The Chronicles of Coram. Mm, nice. And I, that would be really cool. Or Fred Saberhagen's uh, Swords trilogy, which went on to be a whole lot more in a trilogy. But uh, either one of those, I think, would be a lot of fun. I think Elric's
3: being done, but. <clears throat> I know that it's being turned into a video game. Oh, it's a video game. That's right. Yeah. Video mm-hmm. game. So, but uh, I don't see
0: them ever getting deep cuts of Coram or the Hawk. Was that Hawkmoon? Hawk Moon? Hawk. Hawkwind. Hawk Hawk Wind. Yeah, no, I can't part remember. of the Eternal Champion yeah. series. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I think those would be wild to adapt.
3: I'd I'd definitely be on board for those. It seems like um, old fantasy I used to love. I apparently still love. It's just the new sure. fantasy I didn't know about that I don't want to have anything to do with. <laughs>
2: <That's fair. laughs> is it steampunk? Is that what you don't like?
3: I don't know. I feel like I like the um, the aesthetics of steampunk.
2: Yeah, because you you watched that Weedon show, didn't you, or part of it?
3: Uh, I made it through about one episode.
2: Oh, okay. Then I'm only got a little further than you on that. <laughs>
3: Too much fantasy. <laughs>
2: uh, yep, yeah, maybe it is new fantasy. <laughs>
0: Uh, Andrew also asked, we seem to go through waves of various styles of uh, genres of horror, specifically zombie vampires. Uh, what is a genre theme or something that you think is totally overused and wish would never appear on the big screen again? And do you think there's more something that we need more of?
3: I will say um, I will say this. I don't think there are any overused themes, tropes, or genres. Mm-hmm. I think there are bad writers.
2: Yep. Interesting. So
3: I, I mean, every time I think I'm tired of zombies, right. some really great zombie movie shows up. <laughs> yep.
2: Same keeps freaking happening. Mm-hmm. How? So,
3: I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm just tired of bad writing. Um, what subgenres do we think we need more of? Uh, Yeti. For sure, <laughs> right? I'd Good like to Yeti see Bigfoot movies, yeah. Some young adult Yeti fiction.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I think <laughs> the thing that's overused for me, it's like when I watched Lamb, right? There are certain tropes for like A24. There's like sort of eerie long takes and th- there's certain things that indie films are now basically in a genre of their own oh, yeah. for doing. And I think that we could stop. We can go ahead and stop that now. You can just go ahead and, like you said, do some good writing and good filmmaking and get back to just good storytelling. You don't have to rely on... If you're going to do something with the camera, do it for a reason. If you do it for a reason, it'll become timeless. If you're doing it just to be cool, it's going to age very quickly. And everyone else is probably going to do it too. So that's...
0: That's what RT film looks like. So I have to do this Dutch angle I, and somebody's laying in a bed and they sit up and the camera goes with something.
2: Yeah, I got it. Yeah. D- do you remember <laughs> the Gus Van, is it like Gus Van Sant period where like he just would follow behind people mm-hmm. for like, 15 minutes and look it was cool the first time and then after that i was like i can't and then everybody was doing it and i was like you guys we got to go somewhere we got to just arrive at a location (laughs) and talk to another character because i cannot keep just following you those are ones you like that you Um, wish you'd see more of i want i want more fun um earth oriented no actually you know what demons and, and uh, religious stuff. That's been really fun. We've started dipping, dipping our toes more into that between like 13 Coins and Evil. And oh, sure. yeah, there's a lot of really cool uh, stuff that I think could be tapped into further. Yeah,
0: I, I would agree with you, Kelly. I don't think there's such a thing as an overused genre. Yeah. But I'm really weird when it comes to shit. Once I like something, I kind of like it. Like there's always yeah. people who's like, oh, I can't believe this song's been played too much. I like the song then. You know what? I still like it. <laughs> But uh, it takes something weird for me to hate something I used to really like. Yeah. And so I don't get tired of it. Um, boy, subjun- the way movies and stuff are made now, it's hard to think of a lot of things that don't have something yeah. being made of them. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, I mean, you mentioned demons and then immediately rattled off a bunch of demon things that totally. are out there thinking werewolves. But now there's starting to be a lot of good werewolf movies over the last yeah. three or four years. and. Yeah. I would, okay, here's an interesting one. Uh, The the subgenre of slasher films has been completely washed. Mm -hmm. It's just neutral. It's completely stale. A new wild version of a slasher film would be interesting. Yeah. If somebody could come up with a way to
3: present it in a new and different manner. Hmm. Yeah, even, I mean, even them trying to freshen up Halloween. Right. You are just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, this yeah, so is what I thought it would be. Looks better. It's
0: louder. Sounds good. Still exactly what it's always been.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think. Um. Uh. Oh my God, what's the name of the film with the guy who's a slasher and they follow him and he's like talk It's like a documentary movie. Oh, is right. that Sam?
3: No, that's the um, or S Uh,
2: Vert. No. Behind oh. the Mask, right? Behind the Mask, yeah. yeah. Like that was like, oh shit, this is yeah. fun. This is different. But yeah, that I mean, those kinds of things are pretty far and few between. Yep.
3: Andrew also asks, this is going to be a tough one. Yeah, especially
0: the since he named
3: Yeah, my yeah. choice. Who's the best relatively unknown <laughs> horror director out there that we should pay more attention to? For example, after I saw Absentia and Oculus, I knew that Mike Flanagan was a guy to watch for. But if I hadn't caught Absentia at a film festival, I wouldn't have known about him kind of the same exactly right. yeah. yeah um i don't know i but i do know that i'm seeing you know like this is the this is absolutely the best time to be a film viewer yes mm-hmm. because netflix and shutter and all that stuff they're playing all of this foreign horror that yeah. there's just no way i ever would have known about so you know there's i want to say you know that Gabriel de Iglesias or whatever. But that guy's been doing movies forever. It's just the mid 90s. Yeah, yeah. It's just that I'm finally aware of him now, you know, thanks to Netflix and shit. Yeah. So it's really tough to just pull a a new guy. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I feel like the the trick that I found is, you know, watch something, you know, if you if you're watching random content on a streaming service like Shatter and something really piques your interest, you know. Do an IMDb search. And if this is their first one, then hey, like keep your eye on that person. So whoever did host, um, I really liked that. That's really interesting. Or the dude who did searching, like I would love to see what happens next Mm -hmm. with either of those people who are playing with format and doing some really novel, good direction. Um, So that's the, I don't have See, the, anyone. The lady that either. did uh, raw. Yeah, the la- I was gonna. Oh, she, yeah. I had that written down like raw chick. <laughs> she's she's a
0: good option, but
2: titanium. Yeah, you know, in one hand. So it's like, is she too big already?
0: Yeah, it's like I don't know if she's really an unknown commodity. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, sorry for. Really, not giving you
3: well, solid there's, answers there's there a part but B to that question, which is who's there. the best filmmaker of all time and who's the most overrated? I'll say the most overrated has got to be Kevin Smith, well, right? Yeah. Are we, are
1: we
2: <laughs> I, I'm
0: actually not I'm going say. to disagree with you because his last, what, five or six films pretty, haven't just been bad, they've stinky.
2: been awful, offensive. Tusk was probably one of the worst movies I saw in my
0: life, and that's one of his better ones over the I know, last, I know, 10, 15 years.
2: Oh, but heartbreaking. But, how do you, uh, how do
3: you, best filmmaker of all time that's a that's a one uh,
2: no it's not oh. john carpenter
3: oh <laughs> never mind
2: i don't know why Question you answered i don't know why you were wondering Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It is. It's really hard. And like, you know. And That's it, a favorite director of all time. Best becomes. Yeah. Because even if you say Ridley Scott, though, like there are plenty of Ridley Scott movies I do not like or I think are not and done well.
3: Ridley Scott has become the Stephen King of movie makers, too. It used to be yeah. an event when a Ridley yes. Scott film he, And now it's he, every year. He pumps year. out a film every single year.
0: and He's old
2: like, mm-hmm. and he's just churning them out. Like, yeah. was there two or three just this year? And he's up crotchety. He's (laughs) a crotchety. I do, man. Yes.
3: I do kind of love that about him.
0: It's fun to read his interviews now. That's for sure. But I mean, you know, those, you go back and you watch the classics like Hitchcock or somebody, I mean, is the best, is the best, the person who did it first Right. or the person who took that first and,
2: then it's going it to be up to
0: a better version. Of, so
2: then it's going to be Buster Keaton, you know, or Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> like, Oh, if you put the camera in the car, you can get a real interesting shot guys.
0: <laughs> well, that's why citizen Kane sits on top of so many big lists. Yes. It's a fine movie, but it did so many things first, first. that are now completely, yeah. I mean, almost passe. Yeah. But
2: like, I mean, I really like, I, I am endlessly in awe at, at a filmmaker that Kelly doesn't like, which is um, <laughs> Danielle Villeneuve. Like, I fucking love his stuff.
3: I, I love his stuff, too. I didn't like Dune. Oh, I thought you I, I, thought
2: didn't like any of those. Oh, no. Blade man. Runner
3: 2049, I think, is spectacular.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, That's we actually, that was
3: when we saw it together in the
2: theaters. We yeah. both
0: walked out going, why are people bitching about this film? I don't know why
2: people he's bitched about fantastic. that movie. It's so good. And yeah, anyway, but yeah, oh, yeah I he's think great. he's I think he's great. I I think that he is doing things with. Um, big scale that I haven't seen anyone else put out. I haven't seen anyone else capable of it in our modern era.
3: Yeah, I think, th- you know, someone to watch for is uh, Alex Garland. I I did not like that last movie of his, um, but I like Ex Machina a lot. Oh, sure. Yes. You know, I'm I'm really excited to see what he does.
1: Yeah.
3: Maybe yeah. I won't like it, but he's somebody I think that has a long future ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. And I have a hard time doing overrated
0: because I think, somebody who gets to a certain level has probably done something really good at some point. Yeah, And, uh, it's
2: hard to be critical over somebody just cause they're successful and a lot of people like their stuff.
0: Yeah. I well, some, there's, there's a lot of people who don't like that, you know, just cause, well, I knew I liked him before. Sure. You know, right. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't think any of us have that kind of a no. mentality about filmmakers.
2: So, um, yeah, so we've got some more questions from a different listener, Ron Forbeck. Hello. Hi, Ron. Hello, Ron. <laughs> they from the beginning. Um, these are all questions for all of us. The first one is, um, who is the one person alive today that you most want to meet?
3: Super easy for me. Yeah? Stephen King. I would really oh, love yeah. to sit oh, with Stephen sure. King. Yeah. <laughs> See that?
2: That'd be pretty cool. Yeah,
3: mine actually would thinking of that
0: and fandom kind of thing would probably be Mike Flanagan. Yeah. I would love to know what that psychotic man's work schedule is God. like. Because he never, I don't think he, I don't think he sleeps. Yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't pump out a movie a year. He fucks a, pumps out a frigging miniseries a year. It's, it's like, It's crazy. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? I think
2: he has all these ideas he's been waiting with and just, you know, finally gets an opportunity yeah. to express
3: them. But yeah, that'd be really. Oh gosh. What about you, Vanessa?
2: God, this is such a hard question. I a lot of my heroes died recently. Not died, but like you know, socially died. I
0: think it, I thought it'd be easy. <laughs> One person.
1: Oh, oh, I, oh, I guess John
2: Carpenter. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Thank you, John Carpenter. I had written down Neil Gaiman as a oh, as a okay. second play. I mean, he's he's an incredible writer, and even though I I get really I'm mad at him for various reasons, I think he'd be cool to me. But John Carpenter, fuck yes, I just hang out and like play Sonic with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what he does.
3: <laughs> this is probably a stupid question, but are you going to see Gaiman speak at the more?
2: I, i am not, I have not gotten what? any tickets what? or anything like mm-hmm. that. So. Okay. Yeah. Are you? Probably not.
3: Just because yeah. the world is weird. And I noticed that I get weird around bustling people. I, I had such yeah. a good time at Emerald City because yeah. no one was there.
0: <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it I, does I make a difference
0: walking through the vendor hall and not bumping into yes. like one person in like, Two hours. I yeah. bumped into. That's it was really crazy.
2: Weird. That's crazy.
0: But uh, let's see.
3: You want to take his next one there? Yeah, I feel like this is the story of my life. <laughs> Ron also asks, "What is one toy you had as a child that you would buy today if you saw it in a store?" I, I, mean, I just have so many examples because that's what I keep doing. Sure. So I don't know. I, you know, is there one though you haven't found? I probably not. I mean. You know, this is the problem with being an adult and, and making a good living is <laughs> able to
2: actually them. make
3: really stupid purchases. Yeah, so, I do.
2: It's true.
0: I, I, okay, I've got one that's probably weird. Yeah. Uh, do you ever remember the Guns of Navarone playset? No, I think that's what it's called, but it was based on that movie, and it was this plastic playset. I don't know how big it actually is because you know I was right. much smaller, but I remember it being about a f- couple feet high, maybe and it was uh, a rock face in the front by rock i mean solid black really? plastic mm-hmm. and uh, then a little kind of like the death star inside it it's with just little so levels. and it had like a big gun on the top and yeah. little like turret things on the bottom and came with all these army men i remember really liking that one <laughs> so that that might be something or i either i look at it and go wow that's a cheap piece of crap plastic that was <laughs> but oh well or um, and, and I'm not going to, I don't have this one because of the price level. It'd be cool to have the original d d box that I purchased. Like oh, I, yeah. I, the, the red box that was originally, because mm. that's when I started playing it was on that one. Wow. Yeah, that'd be cool.
2: Um, yeah, yeah mine is not <laughs> shocking, I guess. Gotta
3: be a turtle.
2: <laughs> well, there's two things. There's two things. The turtle, uh, item would probably be the party van. I never, I, I've never had any of the um, turtle play sets. I only ever had the turtles themselves. They
0: are re-releasing the turtle van. I saw an ad for it today. <laughs> God.
2: I mean, I just bought all the um, turtles and Time Turtles, so uh, ah, they nice. do need a place to hang out. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing is probably the Star Trek Next Generation like bridge. Uh, that was, that oh. was the thing you could
0: buy. Was that? Yeah, you talking about the. Um...
2: Uh, I think it's got a Trent like a.
0: What was uh, the the guys who made the Star Trek things and the Play, playmate? No, they made Star Trek and the, the Lube. Yeah, okay. So you're talking about like the late '80s one that came out.
2: Yes, not okay. the not the original. The, the one when
0: I worked at KB Toys that came out. <laughs> I remember yeah, that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've seen them, I've seen it a few times, but then just never. Just kind of look at it and go, "Yeah, that's cool," and walk off. So. <laughs>
3: Final question from Ron. Yeah. What's your favorite movie theater snack? Very easy for me. Yeah. I love dots.
2: Aww, oh, really? dots are so good. I
3: love dots.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh. Mine's just the standard you know, popcorn, man. love some popcorn. Uh, hey, well, sorry. Uh, to be even more specific, I really love the Cinerama. Mix of regular uh, popcorn and chocolate popcorn. Oh, yeah. That is that the is most devastating else.
2: part yes. of Cinerama being closed. <laughs> I would kill for that shit. That was so good. Oh, so
3: good. Yeah, I, I'm changing my answer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I can imagine what it tastes like right now. Um <laughs> mine, I only let myself get um these things when I'm at the movies, which is uh, Reese's pieces. Oh. And I nice. like to get a frozen Coke. A frozen oh, Coke. Okay. Yep. Yeah.
1: Nope. Coke icy.
0: Nice. I don't think the theater I go to, unfortunately, has those. Cause, well, the Reese's, I think they do, but I don't know if they have the Frozen Cokes. Which, oh, in Isok. The Cinemark. Yeah, the, 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 the 21 and over one. They might have it. Might be a different version. It's margarita.
2: Yes. <laughs> I would take that. Absolutely. Know.
0: Would you like to take our next question? Please?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have another uh, listener who pipes in. Michael? No, no other name.
3: That's Michael DeBronzo, actually. Okay.
2: I was like, somebody named Michael. Um, uh, first question they have is my introduction to you was through the EZine shows. I wasn't really aware of Strange Eon's magazine before that. What motivated you to start the magazine and continue in spirit with the podcast? That's such a good question because I wondered that same thing.
3: <laughs> nice. The the magazine came about, like I was talking earlier about doing, you know, a comic book with John. And um, Believe it or not, we were down at the Lovecraft Film Festival back when they used to have this really cool book, old used bookstore. Oh there. man, that place mm-hmm. is great. And I was wandering through there and I found the first issue of Epic Illustrated, mm-hmm. which was a, an adult fantasy comic book put out by Marvel in the 70s. Oh shit. And I started flipping through it and I bought it. And I just loved it because it was it was different stories, but it was also different paper than it, it in itself. So it had like different oh, feeling paper that have glossy section and then it would have like a rough. So of, cool. I was just like, what is going on with this cool magazine? Some was color, some was black and white. Mm-hmm. And I decided right then I was like, I'm not doing a comic book. I'm doing a magazine and I want to, I want it to be something similar to this. And then the magazine just, I mean, it took off pretty quickly, but it it became so fucking hard to put out <laughs> yeah. constantly and regularly and all this stuff and
1: mm.
3: it just became a job you know there wasn't money really to be made i was hardly paying the artists anything and it was just taking forever and so it it's just stopped being fun unfortunately um the but The one thing I have always loved about the magazine, and Rick Tillman designed the logo, the Strange Eons logo, is really catchy. And I thought that it was a good brand name. So when we started the podcast, I had told him, you know, it was called uh, Dead Again back then. And I had told him what I really want to do is call it Strange Eons Radio. And he was like, okay, why don't you? I was like, Oh, you don't have a problem with it? Cause he was my partner in the strange eons. Oh. And, uh, he, he was like, Oh, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Our, our feature film was called strange. Yep. So it's not like we haven't been playing around with this name for a while 20 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, that was, you know, the strange eons radio was just, just branding. Cause mm. the podcast is nothing like the, the magazine at all. Yeah. No. I would like, to be able to offer different stuff under the Strange Eons radio banner,
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, different type of recording styles and things like that. And that would yeah. make it feel like it was kind of spiritually connected to the magazine, which is what the magazine was. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that would be, be good. Um, he also asks, what are future goals and projects you would like to accomplish? Well, I think I just. Answered that. Is there a dream project? I would love to, I, I mean, I would like to get into publishing novels, but I really think that the Strange mm-hmm. Aeons aesthetic is cool design and that works best for the, uh, for the novellas and everything. Yeah. But he then asked, what are Eric's and Vanessa's dream projects?
2: Oh man. Well, um, God, I have like so many things I want to do. <laughs> uh, I had actually written a feature film script about a creature from, a lake that starts murdering people in a small town. Um, but it's tied to a girl in a strange way. Um, and I started to go ahead and just uh, form that into a, a, a book. I did the opposite of you, Kelly, where I was too flowery and I had too many ideas. <laughs> and uh, the screenplay was just not holding what I wanted to express. So I started adapting that. And I'm hoping to actually like start writing proper stuff. Um and then I had also, you know, tried to get Night Trap off the ground. <laughs> that hasn't really gotten anywhere so far. So I don't know. Like, there's all ki- all the time I have things that I really want to do and get excited about. Yeah.
3: Well, you did just hear me say I want to publish. Well, hey, let's make
2: some magic. Are <laughs> are looking to be published. I mean, Let me well, tell you.
3: <laughs> potential landmine there, man. Got uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to put my chocolate oh, in, in your my, peanut butter.
2: I want to put the peanut butter. <laughs> Reese's Pieces. That's
3: right.
0: Okay.
2: (laughs) All right. Uh, Uh, I don't don't (laughs) know if Kelly will
0: find this a great answer or a really annoying answer. I'd love to do this film called Kosek. Kosek. God damn it. I'd love to do this film whose name I barely can pronounce. Kosek. (laughs) Uh, It's a script that Kelly wrote that spoke to me like very few scripts ever have. Mm. Um, With Hellraiser feelings and... Feelings of alienation, feeling of not belonging, but then finding maybe the way you can belong in a world gone mad. To, to pull in the trailer version, in a world. That's <laughs> right. Okay. But uh, I fucking love the script. It's absolutely amazing. So
3: that actually would be that would be the one I've got right now. Make me tear up. <laughs>
2: That sounds incredible.
3: And it reminds so me good. that we were supposed to do a, uh, uh-huh. a teaser for that. So I got um, to get off my ass and do that, do that today. Uh, <laughs> well, finally. I think
2: we've um,
1: answered.
0: Uh, we've answered both of the next ones. we got yeah. one more from this nice lady named Dina. Oh, <laughs> she what sounds a hot. What a
2: beautiful name.
0: That's true. So that's my wife. She put in a question. Last night we were coming back from the my birthday thing at her parents' house. She's like, Oh crap, I wanted to give you questions. I don't know. How about this? So she came up with one. So Aww. we got one. So I was like, I think it's cool. I got an answer I know for sure on it. But let's see, Kelly. Would you like to start this one with what movie would you if you could
3: remake a film, what would you remake? The Wraith.
0: I knew that was gonna be it. Exactly.
3: <laughs> That <laughs> awesome. movie that movie could be done. In a really cool way, mm-hmm. I've got I've got two ideas where it could be done in early '50s Las Vegas mm-hmm. before Las Vegas became Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and it was like obviously run by the mob. It was dirt roads out there with a couple mm-hmm. of shacks as casinos, so you could bring in uh, the Wraith, which is about a, a guy, a vengeful spirit in his car and everything, but you could make it a uh, silver Wraith. Of, oh, geez. you know, the the car. Yeah. And he could be going after these mobsters that took him out, right? So there's that way to do it. Or I would set it like maybe in the Pine Ridge Reservation in the 70s, um, where when the FBI agents suddenly started disappearing, and you could tie that into a, you know, a 68 Charger <laughs> comeback, you know. <laughs> oh, and I'd, I'd do something with the Wraith. a fucking. Love the idea. I, I love the movie, even though it's really bad. Yeah. That's what I would do.
2: Um, I, I mean, I kind of answered a little bit before, but there are all these movies out there that... Um have such great concepts, but then the characters just fall totally flat. So movies where, again, girls are really underutilized or running around in their underwear or just like not actually doing any of the smart, intelligent things they could do.
0: Any slasher movie from the 80s. 100%. Any An slasher all female the movie. all-female cast of The
3: Thing, maybe?
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that would be fucking bananas. <laughs> that would be nuts. Although, that, I mean, that's a perfect movie. So what for? Uh, but, you know, there's, there's other films, too, that just, like, use women in a weird way that I think would be really fascinating um, if you had to rewrite, like, Cherry 2000. That movie is a fucking... Wow. Yeah, I know. But if you remade that, like, now and did some crazy cool sci-fi shit, and it wasn't just, like, a... I don't even know what that movie is. If it, if it was, like, a movie, an actual movie, that could be pretty cool.
3: Well, I mean, you could certainly have some interesting social commentary
2: mm-hmm. in that yeah. film.
3: A boy and his dog. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: A girl
0: and his cat and her cat. <laughs> <laughs> so and I'm
2: just saying replace male characters with female characters.
3: Go beyond that.
0: But you can do it. Yeah. There's I'd,
3: I'd, I'd yeah. You throw in, you just do the script from the thing and just cast it all with women and let it play out the oh way. Oh, my God. Way.
2: I mean, that's what happened with Alien. It was supposed to be a dude. And they are just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Let's put a chick in the roll and see what happens. And it was fucking amazing. Worked.
0: What about you? I've got one that, uh, I don't know, I've mentioned this one to you before, Kay, a long time ago, but it's, uh, I think it's a 80s or late 80s, early 90s film called Impulse. And the story in that is that a something, like an asteroid or something, hits a small town and everybody in it loses their ability to control their impulses. Hmm. Whatever impulse, Supposedly, whatever impulse they have, they just do. Which should lead to an incredibly shocking, disturbing, violent film. And it's not.
2: Oh, no. I think the
0: worst thing that happens in it, because uh, you know, there's only about one scene I really remember as being intense, was where a guy grabs his hand. He's like, gets all pissy. Some girl turned him down or something. Mm-hmm. So he grabs his hand and bends all his fingers back and breaking them. Uh. I'm like, really? That's your, that was the impulse <laughs> that you had? So uh, it would be yeah. over the top crazy. but. Yeah. An interesting idea just horribly, horribly executed.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. I mean, that's so much like the the Resident Evil movie that just came out. It's like so close, hmm. guys. So close. Just could have pushed a lot of things a little bit further. Just missed it. Um, well, I have a random question for okay. you guys before we finish up today.
3: Oh, We got a little bit left, too. So. Oh. Uh,
2: yeah. Oh. That's right. Fantastic. Um, well, just as far as questions for us go... Um, is there something that you either in the last year or maybe in your life, what is the project or the thing you were the most proud of that you made and put out there?
3: Uh, (laughs) I mean, super, super proud of Commodore. Yeah.
1: Oh God, yeah. Super proud of
3: Commodore. I think that turned out exactly the way I wanted it to and... So I'm, I'm really happy with that. But, you know, I would say this podcast, I'm very proud of yeah. this podcast and the way it has grown. and Yeah, the that,
0: podcast is pretty spot on and keeps evolving and getting more interesting. And we're not above evolving. We were talking about that last week or something like that, where we need to, let's see what, what we can do to change and streamline or adjust what we're doing. Yeah. Otherwise get just stale. Yeah. But um, boy, probably for... F- I would, I would just go with film projects that I've done mm. because of audience reaction and how much fun it was to watch in theaters where it played was the package.
2: Yeah, that's a good movie.
0: So there are two and a half minutes short, and mm. what it became this weird thing for me where the end, when the end hits, I'd be curious what the crowd laughs at different points in that movie. Mm. Depending on the crowd, they laughed at different points. At at um, Lovecraft, they laughed really early because everybody there. Got where I was going. Yeah. At Crypticon, it was sort of in the middle. And there was another festival we played at that i, I blanking on where, where it became really late. Because mm. I think people were expecting something else to happen. And then the, it went dark and they realized, oh my God, and started laughing. So that was a lot of fun. Mm. And um, so, you know, worked. <laughs> it just worked. Yeah. <laughs> Aww,
2: that's awesome. You? Um, God, I... Yeah, I mean, it is a hard question, right? Like, I think for the last year, like, you know, absolutely, I think working on this show has been incredible. Yeah. Um, getting to slowly but surely work on projects that I respect and value and enjoy is big. Um, but, I mean, this is definitely my favorite thing that I do each, we- uh, each week, definitely <laughs> each week that I'm up to. Um, But probably of all time, I'm... I'm still very proud of how heart turned out. Like I've worked on some bigger films, but you know, working for other people on their creative projects, like, yeah, cool. It has famous people, whatever, whatever, but it's not yours versus something that's yours that you're like, okay, I'm putting this out here. And Hey man, if I directed deer correctly, then I've done something in my life.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I love the shot with the, um, with her, touching the deer. I yeah. was just like, there's, there's no way this shot should be in a no-budget film.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Deer's name was Penny. <laughs> really liked bread. <laughs> Very sweet deer. Hung out with us until it got full, then left.
3: That's nice. Oh, that's <laughs>
2: fantastic. <laughs> uh,
3: I am going to finish things up with this uh, handwritten letter from Danny Williford. First of all, you guys, Danny um, sent me the spaceship stuff that I had asked him to 3D print out for me. I asked him what I could pay for. He was just like, oh, just the shipping, 10 bucks. You know, it comes here. The shipping is much more than $10. dollars oh, like, gosh. you son of a
1: bitch. Uh, <laughs>
3: so I, have got some fun stuff in mind for sending to Danny.
0: Nice.
3: Uh, what I love about Danny is like, I don't want your money. Send me something, you know, cool. Well, what do you got that I'm going to like? I'm like that makes it really difficult.
1: You know, yeah. you're just
3: like, I would much rather just throw money at you.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, he, he, oh, but, well, one of the things I opened was this little ink pad. And I was like, what's this all about? And then a Strange Eons logo rubber stamp kit.
2: So cool. That and is so, so cool. Danny,
3: I have stamped everything in the house with my logo now. <laughs> you should and, see the walls, man. <laughs> green. This was, it was really just a, a neat little surprise. Um, he had also sent this handwritten letter thought that I was going to answer it with another letter. He, uh, we were texting back and forth. <laughs> the
2: amount <laughs> of evil laughter coming from you is unprecedented. We were texting back
3: and forth. And he was like, um, I get it. This fucker is not writing back. <laughs> I was like, you got that right. He says, uh, he asked about the idea of Commodore and everything. I've talked enough about that, I think. I'll let you guys answer this one. Ninja November is inspired. <laughs> what was the genesis, genesis of this celebration of unseen assassins? Eric was there. You, it, it, you both were.
1: Yep, it was, yeah, a, it was a
0: text
2: string. Yeah. Text string.
0: Well, I thought it was a joke.
2: <laughs> Eric was in total disbelief. And I was pretty sure you were serious.
3: <laughs> you were afraid I was serious. <laughs> I, was, I,
2: I just had that panicked moment of... Do I are there enough ninja movies that I want to sit through? But no that was all that was all Kelly. That was that was from the heavens mana fell into your lap that far. and you fed the masses with it. Man.
3: There you go, Danny. That's how I feel about it as well. Fine inspiration. You know what though? That was I mean, as far as a themed month goes, mm. that was a lot of fun. It yeah, was
2: actually a lot of fun. It yep. was so good to revisit some of that shit. Like fucking Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> God damn. What a, what a moment.
3: <laughs> uh, he says, I have a rough idea of some of your history. Would you mind sharing a portion of your journey in detail? I think we did that. I was going to rewind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The start of the I'll say this, the genesis of this episode comes from this letter and me yeah. not wanting to write back. <laughs> it's like, I know what, I'll just answer these questions on the air. Uh, I, I have to just tell Danny how much I, I really appreciate all the work he has done for us um, yeah. with never asking anything in return and just being, you know, just a real fucking sweetheart. So, And that goes for everybody who's who's listening regularly, who's liking and sharing the posts, who's sending us money for some ridiculous reason. You guys, that is great reasons, I assume. Great reasons. (laughs) It's unbelievable to me that we have this kind of generosity. We're
2: surrounded Mm -hmm. by, you know, the generosity and the kindness of the people who enjoy our show. Between just looking, it's like, I see a stamp, I see a mask. We're sitting on chairs. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Are comfortable and mind swivels. Uh, as does yours. And yeah, like right. we had mic stands that we were able to use for Emerald City yeah. that, you know, were able to support us instead of uh, from um, holding. holding at CryptoCon <laughs> right. and trying very hard not to brush with my fingers the mic and just be like, yes, I don't look like a robot at all. Rest arm on table.
3: <laughs> well, with that in mind, one of the things that we are going to start offering is, uh, so we're going to have, we're going to be putting up the episodes of Strange Ends Radio because they are available on YouTube. um, We qualify as having them on IMDb. And uh, there will be IMDb credits because it is basically a web series that way. And what we want to do is the people who are donating these amounts of money, you know, you donate 50 bucks. Some of you have donated much more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to give you an IMDb credit. We're going to list you as a producer on the episode. These are going to be real IMDb credits that you can show to Hollywood snobs, um, <laughs> just like I do when I'm out the bar. Hey, look at how many IMDb credits I have. Right. Hey, baby. Uh, Want to see my IMDb credits? (laughs) No? Where are
1: you going? (laughs) (laughs)
3: Come back. Hopefully you'll have better luck with them than I do. But that's going to be one of the things that we're offering. And so uh, for the people who are literally producing the show by uh, making sure we've got seats to sit in and microphone stands that work and all that stuff, uh, just another way we want to give value back for the value we're getting. And, you know, if you do a donation and
0: you've got a favorite episode or something that you want to be the listed producer on, feel free to send that out. Sure. Because yeah. it's a lot of episodes, so if they are easy to post, it still going to take a long time. And you go, yeah, well, my favorite one is actually episode
3: 132. <laughs>
0: right. so,
2: great. All yours. Yep. <laughs>
3: Right. And this is also an incentive. Hey, if you want a ton of IMDb credits, it's only going to cost you a ton of money. Are you a producer
2: who would like to have producing credits, but don't have time or energy to actually produce a real uh, TV or film?
0: Side note for those who may not know, if you see the word executive producer and sometimes associate producer, that means they put money in and probably did very little else. Correct. Yeah. So it's, they're not unimportant Look,
1: They're no very you associate
3: producers out there, but that is a bullshit title. We all know it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I was given that as a favor just because the guy liked me. <laughs> yep. I had nothing to do on the film.
2: Yeah. Yep. Uh, so. This is why I have no producing credits. <laughs> <because> I <laughs> never well, give people money. I'll give you one. <laughs> oh, thanks.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's right. Fir- the first episode you were on. <laughs> anyway, so that's the show. Thanks so much for all of the questions. Yeah. And this was fun. I got to learn a little bit more about you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you guys so much. It's really been great. I realize there's, you know, five
0: or six of you and you know who you are that we talk about a little bit more because you contact us. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to be more involved in the show, just reach out. We're really not too
1: We're appreciable. Inundated. Yeah. We're, we're appreciable.
0: so Feel free you've got questions you want to know about or ideas of shows, feel free to send them. Yeah. Um, uh, we
3: may use them. We may not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, feel free to send them, but don't expect much. <laughs> yeah,
0: but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we love all the sharing, all the concepts. Get onto Facebook,
3: Instagram, Twitter, share us around. It's all great. I even love the the race to post first and stuff like that. It's <laughs> yeah. just, you know, we've got the best fans. You guys we have. Really we fans. don't have fans. We have listeners and we have friends. Friends. Yep. So. There you go.
2: Strange friends. Strange yes. Eon's friends. Well,
3: strange friends for sure. <laughs> strange <laughs> Eon's army.
2: <laughs> yes, there we are. That's what it is. That's what we call them.
3: <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we'll probably do this in another 100 episodes or so. And yeah. uh, we'll be back next week with a regular show. Oh, wait. I have to pick a topic, don't oh, I? Oh right, gosh, yeah. what's your shit. topic? I um, <laughs> pen
2: paper. Uh, Los Angeles <laughs> is the topic. Oh, your shit. film has to
3: take place <laughs> in Los <laughs> Angeles.
2: Wow, oh, That's Did a rough I... city. There's not okay. a lot of films. <laughs> I already blew my whole wad on
0: <laughs> all Los Angeles movies. <laughs> Escape
2: from L.A. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Well, there are other yeah.
3: Los Angeles. Films. Escape
0: from are New, New there... York was probably shot in L.A. I'm sure. <laughs>
3: Sure. <laughs> okay, so that's what we're doing next week. Los Angeles-based genre film. Cool. And We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Strange Eons Radio is artisanal quality podcasting, handcrafted with all natural ingredients, and edited to perfection by Eric Margaret. Our blistering theme song is Strange Eons Part 1 by the band Nightshade and is used with permission. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you enjoyed this episode,
1: please consider dropping a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Holy shit, 150.